The bagpipe is one of the oldest instruments. To play it, you blow into a pipe attached to a leather or synthetic bag, then press on the bag to force the air out through other pipes to create sound. The Big Rab Show podcast is very kindly sponsored by G1. G1 Reeds and Chanters were played in 8 out of the 9 winning World Championship performances in 2017, including the newly crowned Grade 1 World Champions in Vararian District, and also for some bands, including the Red Hot Chili Pipers. So many thanks to the guys at G1 for keeping the lights on here at the Big Rab Show podcast. Hello there. Welcome along to another Big Rab Show podcast, and this week is a little special. Yeah, you may have guessed by the title, and of course I said it on last week's podcast, but yes, this week is part one of our bass drumming special. I guess you could call it that, special. We're focusing on bass drumming, because I do think in my heart of hearts that bass drummers do get forgotten about. They are kind of the forgotten hero of the bagpiping world. Normally we have a lot of focus on the bagpipes, clearly because it's a pipe band, and also the snare drummers get to share a lot of the glory. Uh, you know, they get their their sashes and everything come the world championships or any majors or that. But, you know, the world bass drumming title is kind of just slipped in under the, the radar. You know what I mean? So I figured let's start a conversation about bass drumming. You guys have been emailing in about this, first of all. So unfortunately, this week's show will have a little bit of a different format. So we're not bringing any listener mail to the show this week. Ugh. But yeah, if you do have any thoughts on this week's podcast, please do email us in bigrabshow at gmail.com. Yes, and there will be a little challenge at the end of this podcast this week for you guys to email in. And yeah, I'll let you know about that later on in the show. But first of all, let's get a shout out to our patrons. Special shout out has to go to Brandon Moreno. Uh, See, LoneStarPiper.com and HouseOfPiping.com. You guys are amazing! There you go, there's your shout out. <laughs> and if you guys out there want to support us and what we do, please check out our Patreon page. That's where you can go and help. Yeah, please just click that support button. It really means a lot. Now, let's get on to it. The matter at hand. There will be no piping news this week in this podcast, but do not fear, you can catch up on the piping news on next week's podcast. Yes, because this week we are concentrating solely on bass drumming. Now, first of all, I can give you my own opinion on bass drumming. And then I'll bring you other people's opinions on bass drumming. First of all, starting with myself. I was a lead drummer of a pipe band many, many moons ago. Well, not that many moons ago, but a good while ago. And I did realise even then the importance of having a good bass drummer in your core. Because I had one. I had an amazing bass drummer in my, in my core. And his name is Winston Matier. He was a long-term member of the Quinn Memorial Pipe Band. And during his time there, he was always kind of taken for granted. His tempos were always as steady as a rock. He always manages to match perfectly with the pipe major. And that meant so much. Especially whenever we were down in the lower grades, when the bass man was kind of seen as the metronome. Although I have spent my time with other various pipe bands, uh, and... hmm, We had bass drum trouble, let's say. One particular pipe band that I'm not going to mention, uh, yeah, changed bass drummers three times during the winter practices before we even hit the competitive fields. And during those months, during the winter months, uh, it was pretty stressful. The pipers were putting their tunes together and getting all their medley selections and MSRs all in order. Along with the snare line, we were learning our parts like crazy. We were learning new sets, new hornpipes, new whatever. But the one thing that we wanted to rely on being the midsection to have their A game, whenever it came to whenever, yeah, okay, drummers have learnt their parts, pipers have learnt theirs, time to mix it together and practice as a band. That's when we noticed. We thought, "Uh uh-oh, something's not right here. You know, and it wasn't that, you know, the bass drummer was playing excessively loud or anything. It was the bass drummer was playing kind of to his own rhythm. He was playing to his own beat, I guess. Um, so you hit the opening rolls and the pipe major gives you a tempo. And says, By the right, quick march. And then 
you waited for that first pulse to come and it didn't come and the bass man just I'll hit it when I want to hit it basically and yeah very long story short but I've had experience of bad bass drummers unfortunately now this is no cut on the people themselves I honestly just don't think that they had the proper uh, tuition I suppose the proper background in piping and drumming to understand what a bass drum is supposed to do yeah I think the whole reason behind this podcast is this one in particular the bass drumming podcast is that I want to focus on bass drumming and bring it you know more in the spotlight and let people see that some of these bass drummers are extremely talented people they really are like they're possibly some of the best musicians I know are bass drummers now you may laugh and think ah Rob come on all a bass drummer really does is thump thump bang bang thump no Definitely not. If anything, the game of bass drumming has changed so much over this last while, it's almost unrecognisable. The the musicality coming from some of these bass drummers now is just simply incredible. And, yeah, I figured I would bring it to the conversation because, in recent weeks, there has been a lot of changes of bass drummers this last while. As we've just heard there a few shows ago, good friend of the show, Mr. Chris Pollock, actually decided to retire. So he's hung up the sticks with the mighty field Marshall Montgomery, and they've now got a new bass drummer, Mr. Robert Smith. So that in itself, people will just go, eh, we'll get a new bass drummer. But this will change the band entirely. This will change the entire overall sound of the band. And people don't seem to they're just kind of ignore the fact that ah, Robert will just be keeping time for everyone else. No, definitely not. I think Chris Pollock during his time was kind of quintessential, you know, kind of a linchpin there, you know, for the Field Marshal Montgomery. He was kind of part of the whole ensemble sound of mixing the snare line with the midsection with what Richard was doing with the piping. I think it was so incredibly important. So this will be a huge change for the Field Marshal Montgomery. And yeah, I wish them well. As I've said on previous podcasts, I think Robert Smith is at a great appointment. And you know, he's a really standout bass drummer. Um, he's done fantastically well at the PSNI. Um, so, hey, I don't know. I'm so excited to see what he's going to bring to the Field Marshal. Because if anything, that's another thing that I want to bring. Is that as much as a bass drummer affects the overall sound and performance of an ensemble band, they also bring their own flavour. They also bring their own unique sound to the performance. And again, I think that's completely taken for granted. Whenever you look at a snare line, you're there to perform whatever your lead drummer tells you to. And you perform it how they tell you. Same with the pipe major. Here's the tunes guys, and here is how we're playing them. And that's how you're going to play it. And that's it. That's your options done. (laughs) You know, you're a band member, you play as part of a band. However, in a pipe band, there's one bass drummer. He is the he or she, sorry I'm being completely sexist there, (laughs) has artistic license to move within the constraints of what the band is trying to do. So be it an incredibly creative medley performance, even concert performance or something, just watch how how bass drummers become alive. They really make the medium their own. And in some cases, they get it incredibly right. And in others, eh, sometimes they do miss the mark. And I guess what I'm trying to say is whenever they miss the mark, and you do experience having a bad bass drummer, kind of either is completely out of time all the time or thinks they are the star of the show and just melts the living rubbish out of the bass drum and bang bang all you hear is them Uh, yeah there can be a happy medium (laughs) of finding your own voice so i guess during all of this conversation with bass drumming i'm sure a lot of you pipers out there are switching off and going "Ugh, i don't really want to know about bass drumming and I'm sure you snare drummers as well are listening. Oh, come on, really? What does a bass drummer do? 
you know, we're sitting putting in intricate, you know, parts together with incredibly difficult movements and all this here. What really does a bass drummer do other than boom, boom, boom? Well, it's how those boom, boom, booms are applied. And that's what makes it clever. And if anything, by raising this topic on the podcast to begin with, I hope that I can open your ears to something that you wouldn't ordinarily have listened to in the past. Over this past two years now, I have been actively listening to the bass drumming. Now normally people listen to, whenever they listen to ensemble, they listen to how the snares integrate with the pipes. I challenge you to now kind of ignore what the snare line's doing. Partially ignore what the piping's doing, although it's kind of difficult because they're the main star of the show, I suppose. But just listen to how the bass drum is like the meat in the sandwich. They're the thing that's holding the whole thing together. So I would challenge you, listen to some bass drumming. Like, actively listen and hear what the bass drummer is doing. They're not just marking time anymore. They're not just hitting your four. They're not just hitting your loud, soft, medium, weak. You know, what do you call it? (laughs) Loud, weak, medium, weak. They're not doing that anymore. Bass drummers now have gone to a different place. And a lot of people just haven't noticed. So... That's my challenge to you guys. Actively listen to some bass drummers now. You'll find that there are some incredible musicians out there. And they don't really get the credit, in my opinion. Bass drummers are kind of the unsung heroes. Never mind all of the lugging around of that huge instrument. That in itself is a challenge that most of us bandsmen don't have to put up with. Us snare drummers, mm, we maybe have a little bit of it. Because our drum can be a little bit unwieldy. It can be heavy. And we have harnesses and stuff to deal with the same way a bass man does. But you try fitting a bass drum into the back of a Mini. Or a smart car. Or even the back of a motorcycle. <laughs> you know? I think sometimes pipers take for granted that their case is quite small for their pipe bag or whatever. They just throw it in the boot of the car and drive away. And there's still loads of room for stuff for the kids and, you know, shopping or whatever. Whenever a bass man park, parks his car... You know, if you're you're in luck if you have room for anything else. I know a lot of bass drummers actually that have to drop the two back seats at the back, and they're only allow, only able to bring one passenger with them. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So I don't know. It's these un yeah, unknown little things that bass drummers do. Yeah, I think do get taken for granted. So a bit of a long-winded introduction, but I hope to have challenged you. I hope that you're going to listen actively to some bass drumming now. Be it in the upper end or even in the lower end when we're talking about bass drumming. Because they are really doing some incredible things. Right, let's get down to it. We have some really incredible, interesting interviews gathered up for you. Now I have to say, this is only part one. So, the interviews I'm going to bring to you on this week's podcast are... Yeah, they've been sitting in the memory banks now for quite a while... And, yeah, I figured I would bring to you as part one. I also have another bank of interviews to bring you on the topic of bass drumming. And that will be performing part number two. Okay, if you've managed to stay with me so far, thank you. First of all, because I know all you pipers out there probably will be going, Ugh, who really wants to listen to my bass drumming? Well, trust me, this is an incredibly interesting conversation. And the interviews that are about to happen, you will really want to hear. First of all... The first lot of interviews that I'm going to bring you, we sit basically and have a good old chat about bass drumming. I get to talk from to Rodney from Manor Cunningham and Jeff from Rivara Pipe Band. So yeah, this is us hanging out at the Belfast Tattoo, chatting all about bass drumming. Right, we're backstage at the Tattoo and I've ca- managed to capture myself a couple of bass drummers. Funny that on a podcast about bass drumming. <laughs> so welcome to the show, Jeff Shaw from Rivara Pipe Band. Ronnie from Manor Cunningham. Well, what about you guys? Now, we've been talking to quite a few people on the show already about bass drumming. And I want to know how you guys got your start in bass drumming. Did anyone ever sit you down and say, this is how you play a bass drum? No. No? No. Did you say No. I see, there you go. So there wasn't like, any kind of formal tuition at all? No. I started 89... I uh, was asked up to Rivara. Yeah. And 
basically had never heard of hell of proud based on sticks in my life, and before I knew it, I was in grade two. <laughs> really, and that was it. Talk about a baptism of fire, though. Three oh, hundred deep end. Big stuff. <laughs> Dang. What about yourself, then? Well, I was pretty much the same. Two thousand and the end of two thousand and thirteen season. Right. Uh, right. Our bass drummer at the time, Wayne Johnson, went to Ballycone. Hmm. And I got a phone call or a message from Alan. He goes, "If we can't get a bass drummer, will you do the bass?" And I goes, "Aye, that's all right." <laughs> there, there ends the story. And that was it. Yeah. So, if anything, what I want to talk about on the podcast is bass drumming is always kind of seen. It's really important. A pipe band isn't a pipe band without it. But yeah, for some reason, it always seems to be forgotten about. Everyone talks about the piper. Everyone talks about the snare drummer. But where do you guys feel that the bass drum fits in as part of a band? For me, it's the kingpin. You think so? Yeah. Pipe majors thoughts what I'm going by, and everybody else should be going to me. So is it kind of like a metronome? You're setting pace, really. Setting pace. The heartbeat of the band. Heartbeat. That's the way it's always been described. It has come on leaps and bounds over the years. Especially this past, what, three years, three, four years? Some of the musical stuff the best drummers are doing now is incredible. I think, you know, from our perspective, we're seeing a lot of the American styles coming into it now. American, Canadian, the things that were sort of alien to us as such. Like Certainly, back back yeah. when I started off, basically all you were doing was keeping time. And that was it? Yeah. Yeah, because I remember that too. Literally, you kept time, and that was it. But now you've got, you know, what they're calling the midsection, you know, yeah. 300 tenor drummers around you. <laughs> <laughs> See, well, this is it. Where does the bass drummer fit in with all those tenors? Because the tenors can do your rise and fall on pitch, but bass men can't. The bass man is just. He's playing his score. He has his hats. Mm. He has his wee butts on between. Tenors is playing on through what you're playing. Yeah. But you're always playing to the beat. So you're kind of that weird meat in the sandwich then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really? So, But there has been times in medley performances over this past few years where bass drummers have took centre stage. Have you guys ever had any moments like that where the bass drum is like the only oh, instrument yeah. playing? No. Thank <laughs> thanks. <laughs> Thankfully, no. Well, apart from the tattoo, right? <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's it. Within the tattoo, you guys are the metronome. Yeah. It's uh, bound to be a different well, Jeff has, you can't hear me. <laughs> Ron and me both did it. A couple of years ago, both of us played with mallets, and as any pipe on bass drum, I'll tell you, it's a completely alien concept to us. It's just thump. It is thump, and it's yeah. just not what we're used to. And no. it, it, you are really in the limelight in this situation. That if you make a mess, the world hears it. <laughs> Everybody hears it. Stands out. So, where do you guys stand on strength? Just now that we're talking about it, because you're saying about thump, there has been calls sometimes that some bass sections are heavier than others. Not saying any particular podcast. <laughs> But we've talked about it before. So, you're so, where do you think the strength of a bass course should be? I think you should be heard, but you can't be overdone. You know, and I think certain bands in the past that there's certain bass drummers that said it, they were the star of the show, and the band didn't really matter. Yeah. Look at me. At the end of the day, I'm in the middle of the circle. Don't look at me. <laughs> Don't see me. You know, at the end of as Ronnie no. said, it's Pay Major's foot. My eyes are focused 100% on his foot when I'm standing in the circle. You know, and that's it? That's it. I mean, if his foot's wrong, it doesn't matter because everybody should be with that beat. Yeah, yeah. I have the same. Like, Gordon's foot all the time. 100%. A few people, a few times there, you would have uh, a few huts with the snares. A couple you'd of accents and stuff. Just, you'd yeah. be hutting with the snares, you'd be watching, you'd just be head round. See if they're coming. Back to the fault. There you go. Certainly, I even noticed, you know, myself, instead of just getting in the circle, band practice, I've sat down with the drum corps around the table over the winter. Yeah. And you know, when they're starting to make changes, and, you know, Neil Arlene and Dongo come in, you know, we want a bit of heavy accents in here. And, you know, there's no point in me coming in with a heavy accent when they're trying to play nice and light. <laughs> so, no. sitting around the table yeah. with the drum corps makes a big difference. We've had one particular listener who said that ask a snare drummer to hum you a tune and he could maybe really get the, the gist of it, but ask a bass drummer to hum you a tune and he could even get the movements in there. Do you guys ever spend time sitting with the pipe core whenever tunes are getting put together? Generally, no, but a few times about an ensemble practice, you're always there. 
doesn't do any harm, I suppose. You're always there yeah. on a chair. Make sure you're here. <laughs> I honestly believe that, Rob, that a lot depends on your leading drummer and his drum scores. And I know yeah. I have this talk from experience of playing with Neil Oyster for a number of years. Mm. Neil could play your score and you could actually hum the tune to it. So that helps. He's very, very musical at what he yeah. does, you know. Um, that's definitely helped a lot. Makes a bass drummer's job easier. Yeah. Don't ask me to name a tune, couldn't tell you the name of it. Same as that. There you go. So, without any kind of formal training, like you're playing in the upper end great of the manor, and here you are in Rivara, everyone knows Rivara Pipe Band. So, what is the hope for anyone else out there looking lessons in bass drumming? Is there such a thing? I think the Pipe Band Drummers Group would do lessons and what have you. Um, yeah. I think, from my point of view, one thing that I regret never learning was music. That, really? Yeah, and I actually yeah. think it's a great help that if you can read music, it makes it a lot easier. It um, yeah. does. Well, I can read music. Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, from my own experience, a few wee local bands beside us teaching a couple of new bass drummers. That's basically walk onto the hall, yeah. hand them a set of sticks, tell them to figure out their style. There's no such thing as a, as a bass drummer style. Everything's individual. That seems to be the case. Yeah. Uh, get the beat. One particular mm. bass, just start off, beat, 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 then get them onto the more yeah. intricate stuff. You have to learn the different time signatures, you know, your horn pipes, your jigs, your rails and what have you, just displays. Yeah. But it, all, it all comes with practice. Oh, that's all it is. Practice. Yeah. And the best practice, actually, if you're starting off, is just sitting listening to the band. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it, sitting listening to stuff yeah. at home and yeah. tapping along, yeah. Exactly, you know, and if you're keeping. Where's the keeping number tapping? Oh, I haven't seen him, right? Oh, I'm not sure. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Cut. Go ahead. No, say, just sit and listen to CDs, you know, listen to. Internet. Get get the earphones and on. Actually, on yeah. YouTube. One thing, especially with you know, internet today, YouTube and what have you, sit and watch bands tune. Not yeah. even so much than playing the circle because you get some bands tuning up, and they'll actually the yeah. camera will be stuck in the bass drum the whole time. <laughs> well, that's and, true. Yeah. You know, so definitely, I was definitely earphones on. You'll hear you'll hear the bass drum on YouTube. Yeah. Earphones on. You hear everything. So, I had a situation this year where we were playing. Just a certain bass score for a tune. Hmm. We'll not name the tune or the score. And the bass drummer comes up and he goes, hey, I like what you're doing with that. That's real there. And I goes, I'm not surprised. It's your score. I stole that feature. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, we can't encourage black butt behaviour. Have at it. Why not? So you talked about developing your own individual style. There doesn't seem to be one bass drummer that's the same. If anything, that's one thing that's unique to bass drumming. Uh, oh, definitely. Yeah. I, I don't think there's anybody that's the same style as me. No, no. I did actually notice that the words had slightly changed. I didn't, ah, right. I didn't notice till I was watching the recording. I goes, when did I start doing that? <laughs> so, have you guys, is it something that you purposely aim for? To develop your own style? Or is it just something oh, yes. that happens? I definitely aim just... Yeah. Find my style mm. and stick to it. And so, I would advise yeah. every other bass drummer to do the same. There you go. So it's probably a difficult thing to do, though, mm. to be fair. And, uh, but it'll come naturally to you. You know, it's. I think people, and uh, especially now, you're starting to see the, the North American style coming in yeah. um, more and more. Mm-hmm. It's not me. No. I'm, I'm old school. <laughs> and, <laughs> That's uh, I'm not into the showboating and what have you, but that's. It's what the pipe major wants too, and if the pipe major says you're not doing a good job, well, you say right. That's game over then, that's really. It. You know, yeah. Go elsewhere or whatever. You want to keep the boss happy. Yep. Well, he's happy. The rest of us are happy. That's it. So, can you give any advice then, really, for anyone who's lifting the sticks for the first time and say, "I want to play bass"? Any watch videos, watch YouTube, play along with it. Mm. If you're in a band, if you're going to a band, just sit in the band hall and listen. Sit around the table with the drummers. Mm. Because, controversially, papers can't keep time. Drummers can. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> How uh, that in, right? I can see the emails coming through now, Jeff. <laughs> you know, sit around with the drum corps, you know. And the thing we do is, what you have to remember is, every time you go in in the circle, the time's going to be different. Oh, it is. You know, Even from my experience, yeah, it goes up and down, and yeah. <laughs> you don't know what it is. Each you know, day. the other day, it depends on what mood the paint major's in. What tempo he sets, and that's you know, yeah, no matter where you go, 
there will always be a difference in tempo. Of course, you're always. It's just... Listen, say you walk onto the same, but you don't. You never ever do. No, it's different each time. No, we're actually we're discussing earlier. We're starting to see now, maybe going back to the 90s. Mm. The tempos from the 90s are starting to creep back in again. I've noticed you that, know, yeah. If you go back maybe five, six years ago, the tempos were flammed through the roof. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they're starting to creep back again. Certainly. Like some MSRs now are played really up pace now compared to what they used yeah. to be. Oh, definitely. You know, slow and deliberate, but now they're kind of ramping up. Yep. But so. I think they're starting to come back again. Yeah. Well, guys, I want to talk about particular products. Uh, for bass drummers, it's kind of limited, to be fair. With pipers, you get all sorts of plethora of reeds and bags and all sorts. Drummers, same thing. Heads, sticks, brands of drum itself, harnesses. What is there for bass drummers? Is there any particular products you guys favour? Uh, yes. Yeah? Definitely. Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a list here. Pearl bass. Right. Power Max Heads. Uh huh. Kilpatrick Harness. Right, yeah. And Stilo Sticks. Stilo Sticks, see, this is. It's doing the rounds. I've heard about Stilo Sticks for a good while now. And actually, well, I lifted your sticks earlier tonight, and there's nothing to them. They're like a feather. Oh, they're a lace feather. How do you hit with those, though? You know, whenever I have a. He's <laughs> flexing his arm there. Yeah. So it's just pure strength then. That, that setup, you don't, you'll not have to hit hard. Ah, uh, right, see. That's a good. Like, Sheets all year, mm. brilliant resonance from the bass. Any sheet that yeah. basically any judge that wants to so the equipment go does too work. much. You know, yeah. most judges will have the obligatory bottom line, but you'll have uh. judges and they'll be talking about the resonance, the sound of the bass. And yeah, any of them do, or all uh. seem to be happy with it. Uh, yourself, Jeff? I have the hospital bass drum, Parmax heads. Brow fry harness, which is a bit strange. Oh. That people see it's one single hook. Yeah, and yeah. It looks like uh, rucksack straps across your back. <laughs> I find it very comfortable. There um, you go. And if anybody's ever watched Seventy Eighth, you'll see their best drummer Johnny Rowe has been playing with one for years. Yeah. And yeah. I've got twisted thistle sticks, Ooh. which are made by a guy called Mike Cole, who was the best drummer in Inverary. Of course, yeah. Before yeah. young Mark Stark came in. Mm-hmm. So that's his line of products. Then. Yeah. There you go. See, this is the thing. I don't really know much about bass drumming products, so this is kind of all new. So uh, yeah, it's like It's like a drummer picking up a pair of KP twos or yeah. whatever stack. It's whatever you like. That's nice. Whatever feels the most comfortable, yeah. I suppose. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Pack them up and go back home to the Weybridge and get them and, all matched and, and match them up and well, mostly for just even for weight. Well, it's it too, it doesn't hurt. Yeah. Weight, weight and match is two different things. Yeah, aye. So, one final question then on tuning. You were talking about the resonance from the drum and that. Do you guys tune to the drones, to the chanters? Where I does be, your pitch live? I bet you tune to the drones. The drones, the yeah. The magic number that uh, on, the, on the meter. That's 4-4, four, four, whatever it is. I'm not, the, the I'm not saying yeah. what it is. <laughs> 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 not saying what well, it is the magic it's more or less you know we yeah. tune the, ba- the bass drone and yeah. then your tanners are coming off the tanner drones and whatever multiple of Follows tones after that. you come off that and it's hard to run your nose you get the leading drummer to tighten the screws because you can't hear it from the side you know you're standing behind and you're getting a completely yeah. different sound from it I, I do on my own tune I do yeah. I'll the drum sitting you've uh, longer arms than me hanging up, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll hang it up on, the, on the harness on the ground Lashing uh, them, yeah. I, I do a lot of my work at, on the hall, at home. What about dampening and stuff? Like I remember back in the day Parmax, whenever I was Parmax playing... Parmax is pre-dampened. Is it pre-dampened? Yeah, there's, there's a ring inside the head. So I remember putting gun cloth in there. Some guys put big lumps of sponge yep. and all sorts. You, you don't need the, that the now? Four gun cloth. And yeah, yeah. But the Parmax head has got dampening rings built in the head. I see. So, and put on that, I'll show you one. Ah. Because the tattoo using the Parmax heads and the spur set for the Glasgow tattoo. Awesome. There you go, I'll have to look at this. Built in dampening, that's the future. Well, I remember stretching this stuff over a drum at band practice and everyone's standing, cursing and swearing at other. Get the head on now, I'm howling it and howling it. Oh, such a crack. But, guys, thanks for chatting to us about bass drumming. And yeah, I think the future is bright for a bass drummer, to be fair. I think this last few years, it certainly took on a life of its own. Certainly can't do with it, is no, <laughs> no, and well, with solo bass drumming coming around now, have you guys ever done the solos? Mm, not yet. 
No. Oh, not yet, Rodney. <laughs> there are no guarantees about anything. Usually, usually the notion coming up on the day, and you go, ah, I can't even bother. <laughs> Have to work that day or uh, wear that day or whatever. washing your hair or something. There's something comes up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what about yourself, Jeff? You ever having a notion? No. There we go. Simple as that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a different ball game, I think, solo bass drumming compared to band bass drumming. Yeah. You know, with a band, you're having to mix in the middle there somehow, but then with solo, you're the star of the show. I think what you have to be careful with solos is you do have to play a different score because you're not having yeah. five or six tenor drummers standing there filling in the bits. And you know, when you're stopping for maybe a couple of bars, you go, What's this guy doing? You know, exactly. so, uh, true enough. So, it's a completely different ball game. Yeah. But hats off to guys that do it. Definitely, yeah, because like, they've obviously put the work in. Uh, yeah. uh, and the recordings I've heard from a few this last couple of years and Ulsters and and Collie Maggie. Yeah. Very, very good. Brilliant. Definitely are. See, and that's the kind of the argument I would think myself is if you brought that solo performance and dropped it in a band, what would it sound like? Maybe too busy. Maybe too busy. Yeah, too much maybe. Too much. That's a different topic altogether, isn't it? It's all a bass drumming. Yeah. Don't, don't get me started. Well, guys, thanks a million. I'll let you go about your day. <laughs> thanks for chatting to us. Cheers. Cheers. Looking to book more gigs? Or maybe you're just a busker looking for more work? House of Piping connects bagpipers with clients looking to hire. Member profiles include an image gallery, contact information, a link to your website and audio-video recordings, all with full 30-day money-back guarantee. Visit houseofpiping.com forward slash bigrabshow for an exclusive membership discount. Again, that's houseofpiping.com forward slash bigrabshow and get piping. Hello, this is Fred Morrison and you're listening to The Big Rab Show. LoneStarPiper.com the little pipe and drum supply in the heart of Texas. Proud to be firefighter owned and operated. With 10 years in the industry, they are dedicated to providing friendly, professional, personalized service. Featuring many of the most popular brands for bagpipers and drummers, as well as custom kilts and Highland wear. Feel free to shoot them an email with questions about custom orders or to get a quote for special pricing on larger orders at sales at LoneStarPiper.com. LoneStarPiper.com Check them out. The Pipe Band Hub. Promoting the pipe band scene since 2011. For all your news, results and performances, follow them on Facebook, Twitter and with over 250 performances on their Audio Mac site to choose from, make the Pipe Band Hub your first choice online when you pick up your phone. Well, there you have it. <laughs> this would normally be the part of the show where I would be getting myself a big cup of tea and, yeah, talking to you about the topic of the week. But this week we are talking all about bass drumming. Yes, and thank you, first of all, to Jeff and Rodney there, uh, who were managed to take time out from the Belfast Tattoo to chat to me. Rodney from Manor Cunningham there and Jeff from Mervara. You guys are awesome. Although, it has to be said, Jeff has now hung up the sticks. Yeah. Alright, so Jeff is now retired. So that's kind of sad. Because in a way, that'll really transform Ravara as well. So as you've heard there, we were talking about developing your own sound and everything. And I did start the show, the podcast this week, talking about how bass drummers are kind of the meat in the sandwich. You heard us talking about it there. And how it will affect the whole sound of a band. Well, I did start talking about the legend that is Mr. Chris Pollock, the bass drummer with the Field Marshal Montgomery Pipe Band. Now, if anybody has experience of bass drumming in the upper enchilance, it would be Chris. He has won so many titles, it's kind of, yeah, it will take me too long to read through them here, to be honest. But, yeah, I have to say a massive thank you, first of all, because the next interview coming up is Mr. Chris Pollock. He took time out of his busy day 
to actually sit down and just have a chat about bass drumming. So thank you, Chris, first of all, if you're listening. Um, I do know you listen to quite a few of the shows, uh, so thank you, first of all. And, yeah, we chat about bass drumming and how Chris enjoyed his time with the Field Marshal Montgomery. Now, this interview was all recorded before Chris had made the announcement of his retirement. So I didn't know it was coming, otherwise I could have asked him about his retirement and what he plans to do with his time. Because I know everyone's going to be wanting to know. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I think for what it is, Chris had put out a statement online on his uh, social media to say why he decided to retire. And, yeah, it was for all the right reasons, to be fair. He's retiring to concentrate more on his growing family, his faith, and his new career. So... There we are. There we have it. So Chris has been a long-term member of the Field Marshal Montgomery, winning many, many major championships along the way, including the world titles. And so, yeah, you all, you all know Chris Pollock. Come on, you all bound to know him by now. He's also a nominee in the Big Rab Show Awards. So he was, yeah, for the Legend Award. So, yeah, I get chatting to a bass drumming legend, Mr. Chris Pollock. Well, I'm in a wee cafe, and I'm chatting to a good friend of the show, Mr Chris Pollock, bass drummer with the Field Marshal Montgomery. How are you, sir? I'm doing very well. Doing very well, indeed. Well, I'm putting together a bit of a podcast about bass drumming, so that's why I have you here, <laughs> to pick your brain about bass drumming. Right, start at the very beginning. Well, most bass drummers I'm talking to, I'm asking, did you get any kind of formal training, or did you just get handed a pair of sticks? How did you get started? On the bass itself, yeah, it was pretty much the guy who was playing it before me wasn't there one night, so somebody had to do it. But, <laughs> but, but right back at the start, uh, I was lucky enough that the school that I went to, the primary school I went to, mostly primary, yes. um, had a pipe band program because Dad was there, the vice mm. principal. Yeah. Um, so I actually, the very, very start, picked up a chanter. Really? You started off as piper? Aye, piper, well... Yeah. And then went to the drumming? But like yourself, um, I know you got a chant there and then discovered it kind of <laughs> yeah, split into two, you know. Yeah, exactly. I'm pretty sure I was something similar. I tried it for a while. Dad's always been very good at making sure that I don't do stuff because he wants me to, but because I want to. So yeah. it didn't take me long to work out that actually I wanted you know sticks in my hand rather than a chanter. Same. And yeah. he was quite happy for me to do that. Although he, if you listen to him, will... will I'll say nothing but derogatory things about drummers. <laughs> He's joking, of course. <laughs> yeah, and there's always that love-hate thing between pipers and drummers, though. Yeah, so I, yeah. I started off, you know, learning snare, and I think that's key. Uh, I'm a drummer. Right. I so you started happened. off on snare then? Yeah, I yeah. started off playing snare in the in the primary school band. Mm. Um, I'm a drummer. I, I just have happened to, I suppose, specialise on the bass drum. See. But it's yes. important to, to know rudiments, it's important to be able to pick up a set of sticks. I'm not saying for one minute that I could walk into a grade one or two or even three snare line. Yeah, but, but you have that knowledge there though. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's what I'm finding as well. A lot of bass drummers kind of base their bass drumming off of basic snare drum rudiments. And that'd be the same applies then. Oh, totally. It's, yeah. it's the snare drum rudiments and... Uh, Listening to the pipes, you know most well, most bass drummers will be able to whistle you a fairly detailed yeah. approximation of the tune, mm-hmm. probably with quite a few rudiments in the right place as well. There pipe, you go, you know piping wise. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's the ability to play, you know, roughs and fives and stuff. You can't really do them on the bass all that often, but you know, on a drum yeah. suite. You can throw them in there. Ah, so there you go. So let's get your thoughts on bass drum. And I have always kind of said that the bass drum was always kind of the unsung hero. A pipe band is not a pipe band with you know without a bass drum. Where do you think the bass drum sits in the pipe band world? When I um, started playing bass with FM hmm. at the end of that season, Richard um, spoke to me quietly after you know walking back. Mm-hmm. Uh, to the boathouse the end of the world and he said that he hadn't noticed me all year right which he meant as a compliment oh um, see right I was going to say <laughs> I'll I'll expand slightly by saying there was a night then maybe a while later a couple of years later where I couldn't make it to band practice mm. and then a few la- years later there was actually a, a competition that I couldn't make 
Right. Um, yeah. The Ulster in 2011, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And there weren't many people put their hand up to say they would play the bass. You know, people think it's easy. People think yeah. it's so you just it's the the least talented musician in the band stands in the middle and just <laughs> tries to you know Have beat time. Yeah. Until there's a space to be filled, and not many people wanted to to do it. Yeah. Um, you, in my experience, you notice the bass when it's not there the most. Definitely. And that tells you yeah. all you need to know. It's the heartbeat. Uh, Nat Russell refers to it as the big fiddle. Uh-huh. It's the instrument that yeah. kind of ties everything together. I like that, the big fiddle. I have heard that term, the heartbeat of the band, mm. before. And we've talked about it with other bass drummers about being the metronome. With your role with the Field of Marshall Montgomery, you don't have that role as such as the metronome. Where do you find your place in Field Marshall? Do you have that metronome kind of thing going on? or? Oh, very much so. My yeah. uh, outside of piping uh, in the pipe band world, I, I play kit. I play, well, I play pretty much anything I can hit at any point. <laughs> but um, from time to time, I play drums in the church that I go to. And our music director, whenever it's me that's on, she'll ask if if I want to start yeah. a song because obviously, in in in, in you know in band music, like mm. you know, um, a lot of times it will be drummers that start songs. True, yeah. But I've said to her, look, I've spent my entire pipe band career taking my timing from uh, somebody else, from somebody else's <laughs> foot. So yeah. don't don't ask me to start something because I'll probably start it too quick or too slow. But mm. once somebody sets me a tempo, when Richard's decided what the tempo is, I'll mm. stick to it. Um, and it's it's probably easier for me in field marshal really? than it is, yeah. I think, for you know other bands because there's not that fight between pipers and drummers yeah, and midsection kind of thing, yeah. I'm basically a light touch in the middle just kind of keeping the whole thing moving as it should yeah, kind of the, the meat and the sandwich kind of thing pretty much yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this is kind of the thing I was meaning to talk to you about most bass drummers is that the development of what we now know as the midsection I still don't like that term it's always the bass section for me yeah. but <laughs> it's now developed into this midsection and you have all of the North American kind of style and all coming across have you incorporated any of that into your playing you know where do you fit in the midsection I think I think I have looking back at some early footage from uh, 2007 which was my first year playing bass in F- FM I had mm. um, played bass in a couple of other bands before mm-hmm. but looking back to what I do now and even maybe charting it through um, it has developed it mm. has become um, a little bit I've kind of gone both ways right I've, <laughs> at certain times I am kind of in our case like the ninth tenor yeah but only where there is space for that so mm. um, sometimes I'm very much just concentrating on being the heartbeat and then mm-hmm. at key times Coming forward, then. coming forward, and and, and yeah. maybe being on the end of a run, particularly that makes sense, or you know, adding that bit more color. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there you go. It's all down to musical choice, then. Yeah. Really. And yeah. I I get uh, together with Andrew basically, and we just talk about um, key bits that he wants. Hmm. He's had a conversation with Richard. He's had a conversation with Keith about what they want from the tenor mm-hmm. line. Um, and then from that, there will be certain bits that that I need to either, you know, start, finish, yeah, yeah, you know, add that color to and where your accents are and yeah, that sort of stuff. Yeah. So maybe things that, that that might stand out out of the ordinary, we'll we'll have that conversation and say, right, these are the key bits that you need to do. And outside of that, I'm pretty much then free, yeah, having listened to what the tenors are doing to kind of do what I feel is right, yeah. There you um, go. And it works. It works well. So one thing I find though throughout all of this conversation is that bass drummers have their own voice, and I think that's kind of what you were saying is that you have freedom to do what you feel musically. Uh, For bass drummers out there, maybe who are just starting and -hmm. trying to think about developing their own voice, have you any tips? (laughs) That's a difficult question. (laughs) Do what helps you be what you need to be for the band. Hmm. Um, I don't have 
that flamboyant of a style. No. Um, there are others that do. There are others that that have little quirks or signature things that you could say are their own. Yeah. Um, and that's fine as long as it helps them hit the do side do. of the drum when they're supposed to be hitting it. Yeah. You know, in yeah. a volume and that they're supposed to, and with a dynamic that works. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, it's good to to look at other players and see what they're doing that that is helping them and if it helps you find your own way of incorporating that or Mm. or making it yours but don't do something that somebody else does just because they do it because if it don't copycat yeah if it doesn't work for you it doesn't work yeah yeah um it's a it's a big enough instrument to have lots of different styles no, see that's it. Yeah, yeah. there many different ways of playing it. Oh, very much so. Yeah. So let's get on to equipment then. Um, I found that there seems to be the common denominator of equipment for bass drummers. There isn't that much. What kind of gear do you use commonly? I've um, pretty much ever since I got onto the bass drum been using Stilo sticks. God, the Stilos. They're back again. So many people are using these. I've been using them. Like <laughs> The sticks that I've got are, I think they're coming up on 30 years old. Really? Wow. They're, they're like they're like Paddy's <laughs> brush shaft. They've been back a couple of times just to get recovered. And, yeah. and I will put a different grip on every couple of seasons just to kind of, you oh, know. See, to freshen them up a bit. Freshen them up. But, but they're uh, the, essentially the same sticks you've had. Yeah. Well, wow. That's impressive. They are <laughs> They are a good piece of kit. There are other... Uh, products on the market that, that are also good. Um, I'm not saying that Steelos are bust. No, no. Uh, but We definitely. have heard other brands. Oh yes. We have. Um, so you're currently playing Premier? Yep. The hospital ones, that'd be right? Yeah, the, uh, the professional series apparently we have oh, to call Oh, I see, sorry, okay. <laughs> yeah, and let me see, what kind of brand of heads? We're using uh, the Remo Parmax heads. Right. Yes. Uh, we haven't gone the down the line yet of getting the laser printed heads um, so a lot of bands have yeah that, yeah. that may come but we find mm. that I think it's it's really I guess the the whole package of the the professional series drum with the Parmax head and, and yeah. the steel sticks mm-hmm. gives us a sound that is just really sweet quite what you want resonant yeah. and it works with, with the setup that we've got that's it. So, with regards to dampening, I've kind of got educated on this. Whenever I was lead tip at the time, we spent a lot of time pulling gun cloth across a bass drum. Been there, done that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you need to do that now with FM? No. Uh, no. The Parmax come with like a little, like a, a series of semicircular hmm. pads inside the head. Well, then the, the, the head. Parmax head, the Parmax head itself, have muffle rings. So we've tried everything from ripping the dampening off the drum and just using the the pre-installed mm-hmm. muffle rings yeah. to keeping the dampening on the head and the muffle rings as well, and that's what we're basically doing at the minute. Ah, and see, it, yeah. it, it definitely does um, give us a sound that we're happy with. So that's what we're doing. So it's fairly easy to maintain and very easy to set up compared to what it was back in the day. Oh man, so many band practices struggling with a flipping brace drum. Anyway, <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm sure you know that battle yourself. Uh, do you, obviously, you play Kilpatrick harness. Yes, right? I do. Yes, sir. Yep. Mm-hmm. God, I think that's the last of the gear questions for you gearheads out there. Uh, tuning. Let's talk tuning. Uh, we've had so many different kinds of ways of doing it. Um, some people hand it off to other people. Some people do it themselves. Some people set it down flat and ah, drum dials. How do you look after tuning? I let Andrew do it. <laughs> there you go easy yeah, yeah I, I know what he's doing but I let him do it um, I take the view that um, there's very little point me tuning the bass drum because that will require somebody else to play it right and they're not going yes. to be playing it in the performance so no. it's far better that I'm the guy hitting the drum so that what Andrew's hearing when he's tuning is is me playing as is it as it's going to be during the performance? Yes. Um, and we have in the past, when it comes to initially setting it up, used a drum dial mm, just to get yeah. it right. Um, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, but basically, I think we've just struck it lucky this last couple of years that the the current drum that we've got with the, the, the head setup yeah. um, has kind of well, we're in our third season. 
mm-hmm. with it. Um, and little adjustments needed. And very little adjustments. Just That's you know, crazy. and again, yeah. it, it, it's probably down to the fact that you know playing with that pipe core, you pretty much know week by week, year by year, where they're going to sit. That's true. And yeah. nothing changes. <laughs> so it's it, my job is is easy. Yeah. So you get the you get the easy job then. Yeah. Really. Yeah. So if anything, I'd mentioned this on a previous podcast before. I have to say I'm insanely jealous of yourself, sir, standing in the middle of that machine. Can you describe to us what it's like being the heart of the band, standing where you stand? It's bound to be a good vantage point. It's the best place in all the pipe bands. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I know that I'm lucky. I know that I'm blessed. Um, I don't take it for granted for one minute. And, you know... Um, just to give you an example, at the end of the medley run at the Worlds this year, mm. um, okay, the result didn't go how we would have liked it, but my goodness, the performance was something was else. Yeah. And I did the only thing that I could physically do at the end of that performance. I started to laugh. <laughs> you know, it was yeah. so good. And I just knew it was the best medley performance I think I've ever been involved in. Yeah. Every section of the band just played, to use your phrase, out of its skin. Out of its skin, yeah. And... <laughs> It was it was a pleasure. It was a joy to be involved in that performance. You know, yeah. I look back on that performance for many a year when I'm past playing, um, and the result yeah. won't matter one bit because no, it's the performance you remember and yeah. the, the 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 response that the crowd gave us when we came, you know, when we finished, just was all I needed that day. Yeah. Uh, that's it. You know, whatever happened happened. Um, but I know that we walked off that part giving all that we could give yeah. and making people happy. That's it. And if anything, a big congratulations because Richard walked off with a massive smile on his face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when, when Richard smiles, you know you've done a good thing. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So, that's well, aside from the field marshal then, with developing your own voice and being a bass drummer, and with tips for complete beginners, never mind developing your own voice, but say someone who's never lifted a bass drum before in their days... And someone hands you a pair of sticks. Any advice for that new guy? <laughs> I suppose one of the things that I would say is to anybody that you know is in that situation where they're handed the drum. Hmm. You're never only a bass drummer. You are the bass drummer. That's um, true. Yeah. Lots of people will say lots of things, and a lot of it's out of ignorance or um, maybe relief that they're not the one being handed the drum. <laughs> um, yeah. you know it's a vital part of the band Richard's right you notice when it's not there um, that's true and you are a drummer first mm. and foremost it just happens to be that you play the bass but as the rules of our beautiful game say that you know in every grade there have to be pipers mm-hmm. there have to be at least two or three snare drummers and there has to be a bass drummer so bass man, you can't yeah. have a pipe band without one exactly so they are vital definitely um, and enjoy it well, that's it too, yeah. Can I ask them, where do you think the future of bass drumming will be? Say, five, ten years' time, where do you think it's going? Oh, by the looks of things, a young, I was going to say young man's game, but um, <laughs> you know, there are several bands, particularly in Canada, might take, um, mm. take me up on that. It's a, yeah. young, it's a young person's game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a big lump of a drum. Um, yeah. And it does, you know... You know it does take its toll on you, mm. um, but I think there's only so many ways a heartbeat can go. Yeah, it's true. either you know medically it's either working or it's not. <laughs> so yeah, you know we have seen the the two bass drums. We have you know seen Heck that yeah, and Field Marshal and a obviously our drum salute at the concert last year. We yeah. mocked up the kind of marching band thing mm-hmm. and turned the tenors over and and had a run of them. Yeah, but in terms of competition, I think lots of things will change, but bass drumming won't. See, it's one of those kind of that's the traditional part, then really. That's, yeah, that'll stay true to what yeah. it was to begin with. Yeah. yeah, and I think I think it's more how it's seen will change mm-hmm. because it isn't just the we need a bass drummer. Let's throw the guy on that can't play in the <laughs> snare line or can't flourish. Yeah, it will actually be that, that that people will like I did make a conscious choice of there's a there's an instrument I want to play. Yeah, see, and that yeah. will actually only positively benefit the whole art because when we get proper serious drummers, mm. you know your Johnny Rose, your your um, 
and Mark Starks. Yeah. That, that Taking up the guard. Our musicians, mm. our drummers, and choose to play a bass. Yeah. Um, then the, the art form will only get better. That's it. No, well, definitely. I think your future is bright. And one such thing in the future is happening at the moment is bass drumming solos. Have you ever fancied venturing into the solo world? Um, it's not that I haven't thought about it. I just don't have the time. So, um, <laughs> as we're recording this, we're what three, yeah. f- three days away from the All Ireland solos. That's right. This weekend, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I'm at a family birthday party in Donegal. Ah, I see. So, so I, I, I can't compete. Yeah. Um, yeah. The the thought has crossed my mind a few times to head in January some year to to winter storm but yeah you know i think certainly my um my good lady wife might have something to say about that and <laughs> so that's what, what do you think about the whole solo scene in general for bass drummers is, is it something that bass drummers should get involved in or um i don't i don't see the harm in it but what i would say is that for a bass drummer um pretty much Every competition you play in is a solo competition, <laughs> you know. Unless, unless your yeah. shots that year they have the two, you know. There's <laughs> nobody else. That, yeah. Um, you know, you get that line on the sheet, bass, bass drum, good, or you know, something. Yeah. yeah. So you're always commented on on an ensemble sheet or a drum sheet at least, mm. and you're the only one there. So that's my solo. I just happen to have twenty four or twenty five pipers and a full drum corps behind me, <laughs> rather than one of each. That's your solo work. Yeah. yeah, there you go. I never thought of it that way. That's very true, actually. Well, Chris, I'm not keeping you any longer, man. Thanks a million for chatting to us on the podcast. Cheers. Thanks for having Bye. me. <laughs> Ah, there you go Chris thanks a million for chatting to us on the show really appreciate it and I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation this week on bass drumming it is a bit of a specialist podcast but there will be more in the pipeline haha <laughs> pardon the pun we are putting part two of our bass drumming podcast together and we're also putting together a podcast entitled The Learning Journey which is going to be really interesting if anything because it details everyone's learning journey from the bare bone basics to possibly standing in a Grey Bonn arena. So that'll be interesting. It'll be very good to put together and I'm looking forward to it. That's in... Yeah, that's to come. Right. A little bit of a challenge. Before I let you all go, I have to say thank you to Jeff, thanks to Rodney, and a massive thank you to Chris Pollock and to everyone else I've interviewed talking about bass drumming. Don't worry, your interviews will be coming on part two. Haha. <laughs> now, speaking of part two on bass drumming, this is the challenge I want to throw out to you guys. Now, you've already heard interviews there with guys from Grade 2 and Grade 1. Now, I want to hear from the guys at the lower grades. Yeah, please email me in bigrabshow at gmail.com. I want to talk about bass drumming, but at the lower levels. Yeah, as you've just heard, we talked to Chris Pollock from the Field Marshal, and that's pretty awesome. We also got chatting to Jeff from Rivara, who's Grade 1, now Grade 2, Mahad Manor Cunningham, now Grade 2. I want to hear from the bass drummers who are at the grassroots level of 4B, 4A, 3B, 3A. You know what I mean? So, I put the challenge out there. Please, get in contact with the podcast, bigrabshow at gmail.com, and we'll line up a quick interview with yourself. And we'll chat all about your experience with bass drumming in the lower grades. It will be interesting to hear from you. Because as much as it is interesting to hear from the big guns, sometimes it's nice to hear people from the lower levels and see how their experience of bass drumming is at that grade. So, as well as I've been speaking to people here within the UK, I also want to speak to people internationally. Yes, believe it or not. So I would love to hear from someone possibly in the US, or I know a lot of you guys listening in Australia and New Zealand as well. Yeah, please do. Get in contact with the show and we will hopefully try and arrange an interview together. Uh, be it over Skype or the phone or whatever. We'll try and get something lined up and we'll talk internationally about bass drumming. How awesome would that be? Anyway, this is open for everyone, I have to say. Bass drumming part two is coming, but it's dependent on you guys to get in contact with us. And we will bring the conversation to the lower grades. Please do get in contact with us. Join us on our Facebook page, The Big Rab Show, or you can tweet us at Big Rab Show on Twitter, or indeed, probably the best way for you podcast listeners is to email us in bigrabshow at gmail.com. Okay, guys, that's it for this week. Hope you've enjoyed our bass drumming special. That's part one. As I've said, part two is just around the corner. 
So, yeah, please share with your mates. If you haven't already, subscribe. That's very important. So as each and every episode gets uploaded, you get a bing. You get a notification to say, Er, Rab has managed to get the finger out and uploaded another one. So please subscribe. Give us that all-important follow on Podbean and all the rest. And tell your mates about our wee piping show. Until next time, yeah, next normal service shall be resumed on next week's podcast. So for those of you who are tuning in for your piping news, don't worry. Piping news will follow on next week's podcast. We will get you all caught up. Right, time to go. We'll see you next week, guys. All the best. Well, that's it for another Big Rap Show podcast. Many thanks to our sponsors, G1 Reads, raising the benchmark throughout all the grades. Winning 8 out of 9 possible World Championship performances, G1 Reads are played by bands around the world, producing that quintessential tone. If you don't believe me, just listen to our current World Champions in Vararian District. Until next time, guys, we'll see you right here on the Big Rap Show podcast. All the best.